fuck, 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 fuckity fuck. Hello and welcome to episode number 57 of Unrelenting for January 20th, 2023. I am Darren O'Neill. The other voice you will hear comes to you live from somewhere. Is it in Texas? Is it in Russia? We don't know, but it's Sergene, Sergene Nevtuliev of the, of the uh, Moscow. Nevtuliev's where, where's the uh, family from? And uh, Moscow, come on. No, you're much not. You're not anywhere near Moscow where <laughs> please more Minneapolis Nevtuliev's <laughs> is that a little safer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, Minneapolis of today. To be fair, Minneapolis of today might just be more red than uh, Moscow is. Uh, I think it's always been. Yeah, I mean, I, it didn't seem that way back in the day, but I haven't been there in a while. I haven't been to Minneapolis since the Minnesota Twins played outside. I think that was the last time that it wasn't this red. It could be. Yeah. They've turned. That was a long time ago. You got lots of Somalis and now of course, there. By red, we mean blue, but yes. Yeah. Well, same. Isn't that, isn't blue the mm-hmm. new red? The I mean, we blue, call it. That is literally. The, the, it's funny that the red. You remember when they changed it. The red menace. The, uh, but now that's no, the, the, the Republican. I, I did a, I did a th- an article on this. You write the, articles uh, too? <laughs> yeah, amazing. And I tried the, the uh, the color blue stood for Republicans and red for Democrats up until the nineteen ninety two elections. That wait, there was the switchover happened at that point. Yeah, I don't remember this. Mm-hmm. Was there a reason? Get well, who? Why do you? How does everybody get together and go? You know, we're going to do this. You know, that's that should have been a good sign, right? Because yes. they all got together yes. and they all changed the color on the same year. They're like you, you want this color? Yeah, let's trade. They're like yeah. baseball cards. I think there was somebody had pointed out that you know, uh, we just uh, we just won over communism. The so, walls came uh, down, right? The walls came down, right? And so they decided that um, let's give that color to the Republicans. Interesting. I did. I mean, that, mm-hmm. I always think a lot of this stuff is the Mandela effect. Yeah, it's not. If you if you're old enough and you've been around long enough to remember, you will see that there is no such thing as a Mandela effect. Our brains are just mush. No, they just actually change history. Well, they do. Well, this is also true, which makes it so much Ooh. harder. <laughs> so much harder to figure exactly. out what's going on. Uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, next time try doing a Google, a Google search or a YouTube search more accurately. I mean, chat for, GPT. Do a chat GPT. I don't know if it goes Weary. back that far, but definitely uh, check on for images or videos of the 1984 election. And you will see that Ronald Reagan was reported as blue states and Mondale as red states. That's bizarre. We just acknowledge. And it it was that way for ever since the start of television, really. Right. Which is like since the 50s. So that was, Mm -hmm. although now it's been about the same amount of time. Yep. So it's about time to switch back. Let's, let's trade colors again. (laughs) I don't know why I tried listening to your millennial or Gen Z interview. How many seconds did you give it a try? 
65 minutes. I think I made it in 65 minutes. So that's more than I would have expected you. I, it was just, he was too hard to listen was to it too cringe for you. It was, well, it was just like, dude, you're such an idiot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he's not, I'm sure he's representative of he's the fairly age. high IQ. Um, but, but not very street smart, not very like he's he's very typical of a kid that age. Honestly, I have to say, at any point in history, oh yeah, uh, the majority of the population of twenty year olds yes are extremely favorable and have been to socialist concepts, basically because they're used to having their mom do their laundry. I know. And when and, that changes, uh, it's horrible. That is a horrible. Life and then event. that's when you want more of that. You're like, yes, yes. Give me socialism. I don't want to do my own laundry. Yeah. I, this does not seem like fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I let my wife do the laundry a few times. Then things started all turning out <laughs> the same color. So uh, kind of like cooking. Was uh, like, gonna have I worry to, about you sometimes. Just have to do that myself. So the sorry. Cooking the laundry. God damn it. Wife, you don't know what you're doing here. Go, go get a job and bring me some money. Well, she does. See, that's the beautiful part. Oh, yes. Yeah, amazing how that works. <laughs> that's the different part. Uh, well, someone's going to wear a pants in the family, I guess. Hey, I got a plenty of shorts, man. Why would I want to wear uh-huh. pants? <laughs> exactly. Shorts like. are way more comfortable. Uh-huh. No, yes. no question about it. No That's question about said. it. Anyway, um, so did you then happen to listen to my next episode by chance? No, I don't think it was up when I was listening to that. Ah, no, it wasn't up then. It's it, but it's been up for a week here. It's uh, wait, it's you're still ep- releasing episodes with regularity at Surging Speaks? It's crazy. Three podcasts and I'm still pumping them out. That's ten hours a week. <laughs> Is that all? Uh huh. I can well, do nine more. hours. It's really more like nine. But, um, so the next one, I interviewed a 28 year old. Oh, so you're getting older. So sooner or later you'll get to people our age. I'll, I'll finally interview somebody like you. Yeah. And the difference the 28 between- year old was vastly different than the 20 year old. See, that's interesting mm-hmm. because that's not, I mean, it, you think about it and it's like, well, that's not that big of a oh, time it's, difference, it's, but it's the difference between that eight yeah. years is starting high school and exiting college really uh-huh. so that's a lot of time uh-huh. yep it is a lot of time um and it's i actually had some people reply saying yeah that was a great episode um so well, after the last one they were like wow well, at least this guy is yeah, somewhat i guess i guess well yeah, and it's we'll just see. the scary part is the 20 year old you're like dude you have so much to learn and i know i was like that mm-hmm. at 20 i have no doubt about it that mm-hmm. i was very secure in my although i was the guy at 20 at DePaul University in beautiful Chirac wearing the t-shirt that had a drawing of slick Willie Bill Clinton on the front. Mm-hmm. And the text on the front was if Bill Clinton is the answer. And then the back of the text read, it must be a really stupid question. Mm-hmm. So I nice. was already firmly in the, uh, the conservative camp, even by the time I hit high school. So I never went through the liberal thing. So it's also mm-hmm. very hard for me to understand. I know I get it. I remember when the Gulf War started and uh I was wearing in fact I was actually selling t shirts. Oh but um, I can believe that. But I was wearing and selling t shirts that said uh, make money, not war. Which is exactly how they make money. Which is making war of me. Yes. Yes. Um but th- what that did is it, it got me hated by both yes. sides. Right. Everybody's like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you don't love America? Fuck you. You're like, no, no, you're misunderstanding. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. I want to I want to get as much money as I can because uh-huh. 
of America. Uh-huh. As if you make money, you're, you're worse than the other guys. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I just couldn't win, you know. Ended up just hanging out with the anarchists. Well, they are usually the most fun. Yeah, but I didn't do drugs, which is makes it less fun. It's like, yeah, well, watching the anarchists that, usually are the ones that become anarchists because they enjoy doing drinks. They have a different view of reality because of such. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily better, not necessarily worse, but definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, have you been paying attention to the drama happening on the right? Well, there's always drama this happening on the right. a very particular drama happening on the right. Well, which one are we, are we talking about who is going to be the, the face moving forward no. or is this something no, different? We're talking about uh, Steven Crowder. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, he's not, that's nothing to do with the right. That's just a, uh, that is literally the two biggest conservative outlets in, in alternative media, dude. Well, the blaze is big. Blaze is smaller than both of them. But I mean, they're bigger than say us. The blaze has a decent, has a decent amount. Well, we're, we're 48th. So, you know, we're getting there. We're at 48 people. We are just, we're building one person (laughs) at a time. That's right. And one day when we cross over that 50 person mark, then we'll expect to get two donations. Not it's, just one. Steven Crowder is very much in the same yeah. vein to me as Tim pool, which is, uh, yeah, that's because you're an old fart that only watches actual television and not YouTube. Sure. No, I watch YouTube all the time, but no, you watch television on YouTube. I watch television. I watch YouTube on mm-hmm. my television. That's even worse, dude. <laughs> Seriously. No, I, just, I sit down. You just made my point for me 2X. And I right open there. up my Roku and I go to my uh, YouTube app. And this is where I watch my YouTube is on my 60 inch TV. Yeah. Yeah. You should be watching it on your phone. God damn it. No, I, I should be watching it on my <laughs> Apple watch. Yes. Yes. Oh, shit. I got to send you your watch, too. You do. And I bought one in the meantime. What? No, <laughs> I did. No, you didn't. I did. I bought one Dude, yesterday. Why did I just like charge and package your watch and you haven't gotten around to sending it? Yet? Well, then I could take this one back if it doesn't do the <sighs> same thing. But see, the beauty was I was having a little bit more of the, the AFib thing. So I wanted to be oh. able to, uh, to track this. Okay. Which one did you get? It is the cheapest series eight one. Okay. And, uh, yes. Yeah, so this is, this would be the series six, I believe the one that I got that I can send you. So this one is nice because it, I mean, the way it does the little instantaneous, they call it ECG, very much like an EKG, Mm -hmm. just less information, less letters. Yes. Uh Same amount of letters. Just Just so they don't uh, get sued. Yes. Well, it's a, uh, I think it's it's electrocardiogram. You see, that's the different thing. That's not, that's not the same thing as your doctor. No, no, it's totally. Well, it's because it's less Uh connections. So it's a more basic thing, but. For what it can do, mm-hmm. it is amazing. And I know I'm just mm-hmm. catching on to something that's been around for like 10 years. The mm-hmm. the heart stuff, not quite as much as far as being able to do the little mini EKG thing. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, this is nice because the issue that I've been having is very intermittent, which is I had this as a kid. And I don't know if it's I mean, the same thing. Good. Or not. You don't want it happening all the time. Exactly. But then it's, You're, you can recover from it intermittently. Right. But when you go into the cardiologist's office and they wire you up and go, nope, sinus rhythm, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. This is the ability to, hey, oh, you're having a little spell. Get that data down. 
and then you could print it out as a PDF and give it to your doctor or send it electronically. I mean, it's, it's a cool concept. If not for the paranoia that all of your health data is now going to get into the wrong hands. I mean, honestly, I think that's the main reason I got an Apple watch for the beginning with is just for that purpose. To have all your data get out there to no 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 the for the uh, for the occasional uh, EKG ECG thing yes well and it's it's a beautiful I mean that was my cardiologist recommended this a couple of years ago and I'm like well I don't oh. know if it's worth you know having that just for that but as you get older and people are dropping dead left and right you're like well maybe this is an important thing to have to uh, yeah I just I'm looking at my heart rate variability here so status is balanced. You I'm wait. 20, if, the, if your watch says your status is balanced, we know you I need know, a recalibration. Right? I'm at uh, 23 <laughs> milliseconds right now, which is right exactly where I should be. 23. What? 23 milliseconds? What for the uh, for the heart rate variability? Oh, and what is what is that? Uh, the variability of I I was just scrolling through those last night. It's the yeah. The heart rate vari- variability is uh, the speed with which your heart can ramp up or ramp down your pulse. Ah, interesting. I know yeah. my pulse is very slow. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good thing. How slow? Since uh, starting on the uh, metaprolol or whatever that uh, that beautiful drug that everybody mm-hmm. in my family seems to be on. No, everybody in the world uses it. I chow that down every morning. <laughs> you chow it down. That doesn't just that doesn't seem like you have just like I have a bucket of this stuff and you put I your do. hands. I do into it. Uh, but it's been running. Uh, mm-hmm. On uh, and they resting probably under little under sixty to like sixty five. Oh, that's damn good, dude. That's very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't want yeah. it to be like a hundred or more. <laughs> I think mine's one hundred and four. Well, see, you might die at any minute during. Uh, well, I've been threatening to for a long time. Like I'll show you, but uh-huh. actually, I have my metaprolol right here to take during the show because I normally take it at about uh, ten thirty. So, no, that's the uh, the schedule I'm on. But- I'm much better at just taking drugs once and not worrying about what time they're supposed to be taken <laughs> or if they should be taken with food or make sure nah, you does really does not make any difference. You just get it into your system. I mean, I take so many of them. It's almost like food. You know, I was intrigued. I think I have about 18 different things I take each morning. Well, I mean, as long as you know what they are, I used to <laughs> now, wait, where do they come from? If you Amazon. Oh, okay. So you have one of them pill pack things. Nope. No, it's not. They they nope, don't package I have 18 them. bottles. Really? Okay. So, I, well, Amazon, they've got the thing now where they'll well, just put it. Half of them are prescribed by the doctor. The other half are prescribed by me. But they'll still do that. Amazon will do that. They'll put it in a package that you just then rip open. Oh, they will. They will. But it's it, it costs more. And wait, you have so much money. This would be a convenience. It would I save you. I have no money. I don't, you know, I'm like, a, I haven't worked for like a year. Yeah, but you were making like 14 million a week. You're so on like what? the Biden payroll. You don't realize how fast I spend money. That's true. It doesn't matter how much money you make. Yes. It was like the Lisa Marie Presley where they're like, well, she was paying out like a hundred thousand a month or something. Yeah. Who isn't? <laughs> Everybody listening right now is raising their hand. Like, uh, I'm not, I'm not doing uh-huh. that, uh-huh. but I, I like it so uh, that's, far. That's the, that's the program. You, you work for one month you get a hundred grand. Then you're and then you, unemployed the rest of the year. Right. You're off for 11 months and you can podcast uh-huh. and take a vow of poverty, mm-hmm. which we certainly have when on no agenda yes. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, was, I heard John complaining about that. Yeah. And it was interesting. The numbers. And I know these things then. 50 donations from a million people. It's amazing. Uh-huh. 
So you start doing the percentage. I'm like, if the fact that we get any donations whatsoever is like an act yeah. of God. Yeah. Well, we're just that good. I mean, we didn't today, so we're not that good today. Well, we're not that good <laughs> today. I mean, well, but it's always about the last show. So really, we weren't that good last week. No, we had one boostogram last be, week, and but, that was. But it. that was for the previous week. So uh, yeah, everybody just. So I'm saying it's a delayed reaction. So jump in quickly on the boostograms. They're always open. And, yeah, and you can support the show, so. or better yet, use PayPal. Just, but anyway, just think the, of all the drugs Gene needs to buy. The Steven Crowder thing, yes, is very, very interesting. It's, it's, and the it's reason fresh. I've never paid attention to him is the fact that I still see him more as a comedian he than he is a comedian, and he was an actor, and he hasn't acted for a while. So I don't yes. really want to get my news from but him. You know but he is entertaining. He is. he is entertaining, right? Yes, so he's he's witty, and I do appreciate the stuff that he's done on location. Yes, oh, like totally. showing up and drag. Uh, at South by to harass uh, Chank Uger. Oh yeah, yeah. From the uh, young Turks, or you who are like in their fifties, or well, they were uh, young once at some point. Um, and also naming your group for a genocidal army is not <laughs> probably the best thing either. Why not? Um, it shows you have a sense of humor. Yeah, the the young Turks were literally the guys that were exterminating the um, Armenians. Yeah, but so were the Catholics were exterminating but everybody people. knows that about the Catholics. Not everybody knows that about the Turks. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Catholic. They they still hold the world record. Hey, you got to be number one. A shot, but didn't quite get there. You got to um, be number one. So the drama, for those of you not in the loop. Yeah, I need the details. Is, I saw there was like a, a $50 million Crowder, deal. Yeah. Steven Crowder puts out a video. And creates a website, uh, essentially to damn it. Why is my doctor calling me? Uh Oh, are you yeah. dead? And you don't I'm even gonna, know I'm going to ignore that. Oh, well, see, this is why your it. health is going downhill. Your doctor's <laughs> calling to like, him. I'm like, I'm doing a podcast, man. Don't bother me. He's like, your uh, Apple I'll be watch. alive when I, uh, when I let you know when I'm alive. You may not be. He's like, your Apple watch mm-hmm. is letting us know you should be dead right now. Right. Except I don't use an Apple watch, but yes, you have a gene watch. I, I have a Garmin watch. I do have a G watch. Yes. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I upgraded programmed in Soviet Russia. <laughs> Garmin. I hardly think so. They're a military <laughs> contractor. Uh, this watch is so cool. Not only will it tell me how my heart rate variability and my, uh, blood oxygen content all through the night. It will actually talk to a laser rangefinder and tell me the correct angle and uh, offset when uh, shooting somebody. Interesting. That is a lot of good information. It's a very full featured watch. Yes. When somebody breaks into your house in the middle of the night, the thing tells you what, (laughs) where to point when you can't see. It has. Yeah. It's got uh, just based on uh, barometric pressure and uh, density of air. And do all the calculations and give me the right solution. A lot of people you don't that don't know you were a sniper in the Soviet army back in the eighties. Well, I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily put it that way. How would you put it? I probably wouldn't, but <laughs> uh, but uh, I do like the long range shooting. Anyway, um, so Steven Crowder for the third time, uh, he put out a video that had a contract that he had blacked out the identifying parts in 
And he basically, for about half an hour, uh, railed on this particular contract and then, in general, um, talking about how nobody should be signing contracts like this and that the conservative media out there um, that um, uh, that exists including like Glenn Beck and, and, uh, um, yeah, the blaze, the daily caller, right. Right. Um, that he, he referred to them as big con. Now that's a, that's a plan words. Of course, see, because conservative, they're con big man. conservative media versus independent media, but also playing like making fun of them as like, it's all a con, right? They're in cahoots with a big tech. And he, he literally said, yeah, big, big con is in cahoots with big tech. And uh, as proof of this, he pointed to, to his contract uh, example uh, that, or, you know, the one that he was referring to that had. Which was like, allegedly his or was this? He which up- was, it was just his. He said, yeah, he'd been talking to a few companies. This was one of those. He didn't name who it was. But in that contract, it says for missing a one daily show. Uh, the penalty was $100,000. So this and was a contract that he was saying that he had signed or he didn't no, sign? No, because no, no, he, that was, he didn't sign gotcha. because it's a horrible contract, right? You miss one but episode, 100000 uh, That's the penalty for missing one episode, yeah. Yeah, or for like missing the year, like once a year uh, documentary thing that or, or something, what kind of show, a yearly show. Like a wrap I'm glad and I don't have this pointing contract. out to this as no, you, you, you would love to have this contract <laughs> pointing out to this as these horrible things. And, and in the comment section, it was a bunch of these idiots that watch Crowder and it's mostly idiots watching him in my opinion that, uh, that were all gung ho about this. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. This is bullshit. This is, and I'm the only one sleeping comments. Like, hold on, hold on guys. Now, if this contract is for, $100,000. I'm right there with you. But if this contract, which it most likely is, is for $50 million, that's right. a very generous amount of money. Yes. For that's just like a million bucks a, a week. And if you miss one show, uh-huh. It's, uh-huh. Uh-huh. If it's, it's five million shows a week, week, right. Right. And then, but nobody seemed to understand this concept of percentages. Everybody's looking at the, the raw numbers. And of course, Crowder. Well, they don't. Not an idiot. He only shows one side of the raw numbers, so you can't even calculate the percentage. Right. So uh, this happens. Uh, 24 hours later, during the middle of TimCast, which, of course, as everybody knows, I watch religiously. You do. There's a person that posts a comment in the comment section. It says, hey, Jeremy just put out his rebuttal video. So, of course, everybody had to drop what they're doing and go load up uh, Jeremy's video. Uh, who is Jeremy? I don't know who this person is. He's the CEO of Ben's company. Okay. So, um, it, it basically Ben's partner. He's so the business the guy. Ben, yeah, they, yeah, Daily Caller. So, uh, or not the Daily Caller. The Daily Wire. The Daily Wire, right. Yeah, all these so dailies. Ben, ben is the, you know, the face guy. He's in front of the camera. This guy is the business side guy. And he's also the guy that's, that did the hilarious ad uh, for Jeremy's Razors. That's their product that competes with Harry's razors. 
I have not you, seen. You it. haven't seen it? No. Oh, you got to watch the ad. I think the somebody ad sent it to me once. You probably did. Is hilarious. It's uh, so over the top, and it's shot in the style of Harry's Razors ads. Do you remember what the style that is? Kind of, yes. Guy walks out, and as he's talking to the camera and walking, people are giving him shit, or he's like changing clothes, and you know, it's a very distinct style. Um, and so this is a total parody, but it's a real product. They actually created a razor company. Uh, diversification is a good thing. So he puts out a, a 45 minute video saying, look, Steven Crowder decided to bring this contract up. And if anybody's wondering, and then there were people trying to defend us saying this can't possibly be the daily wires contract. So I just wanted to clear the waters here. Yes, this is indeed our contract. So now that it's out, let's go through it line by line, and I can explain to you the rationale. So he went through it very well, I would say. Uh, talked about every single line in the contract, every clause, every statement in there, why it is the way it is. And uh, also that, hey, this, by the way, is also not a contract. This is a term sheet. A term sheet is essentially a proposal and you send that out before you start doing contract negotiations so that the other party knows kind of where your head's at. Right. If you're in the the right ballpark. Right. And and then they would sign that and say, okay, let's start the contract negotiations. That's where the other side would start pushing on the things that it really didn't like. Right. Here's your starting and you'd point. Start and trading if you don't like things that, off. Right. It's like, well, we can get rid of this, but I got to adjust this other thing. Right. We don't like that hundred thousand dollar penalty. Right. We want it to so be this 50. is this is the first proposal, if you will, before any negotiations start. So Steven Crowder, Crowder was kind of just pretending he didn't know that negotiations happen. Uh, Crowder referred to it as a contract, not a term sheet, first of all, and it wasn't a contract. Secondly, uh, Crowder, according to Jeremy, never bothered negotiating. He, he said, this is nowhere near what I'm looking for. You guys need to go out and get a real contract put together. And that was it. Like, eventually he acted like the prima donna that he is and that, oh my God, how dare you only offer me $50 million? That's ridiculous. And then they came back and said, look, we've thought about it. I, we really, I don't think we can work together because we can't really afford you if you're way more than that. Right. You're not in the ballpark. Right. And that was that for two months, two months went by nothing. And then, uh, Crowder reached back out to him, called him again, uh, just a few days ago and, uh, and said, look, uh, this thing is just not sitting right with me. You guys really should put together something in the ballpark of 120 million. Whoa. For what, what time period are we talking here? One uh, per year? Or is that like a 10 year contract? That's a, it's a four year contract. Okay. Four year contract. And, um, and Jeremy said, yeah, you know, this, it's really outside of our range. So good luck. Wish you the best. Not going to be with us. And then the next day is when Crowder put out his video. Oh, of course. And so if you just watch the Crowder video and your IQ is under a hundred, 
then you're going to say, oh my God, these people are taking advantage of this poor Steve Crowder guy, you know, a Canadian American who, uh, who really deserves better um, because he's clearly worth more than Joe Rogan. Right. Well, yeah, if you look at that, I was just doing the math. He's asking for at that 120 million, 577,000 a week for, yep. to do a show. Hey, I would do a lot of shows for 577,000 oh, a week. It's a lot more than that. It's a lot more than that because the contract was only for 192 shows per year. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Because he needs two months off. Well, I need at least three. Paid two months off. That's crazy. So at 192 shows per year, he's looking at $120 million over the course of four years. So $30 million a year, essentially. $30 million a year to do 192 shows. So $30 million, 192 shows. Mm-hmm. That, and how long are the shows, to be fair? Uh, I don't know. Whatever they currently are. Yeah, I don't I know if they go an hour or two, two hours. hours. maybe. That would I mean, be a hundred and if it's per show would be 156,000 per show. Right. So now does that penalty of a hundred thousand dollars? If you miss a show seem okay. Seems great to me. I mean, kind of feels like it should be 156,000 a show penalty. doesn't the trolls in the troll room. I have no name says they're two hour shows. So that's $78,000 an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Steven. I would do so, at least one show a year. Uh, maybe two yeah i'll show you that this is the problem that's exactly what i would be doing you're like this is enough money <laughs> the for rest me of the year off right to do podcasts you're like this is enough money for me to buy the <laughs> scotch i want have steaks uh-huh. every night uh-huh. Uh-huh. and uh, pay for all the drugs that i'm gonna need because i'm drinking so much scotch and eating so much steak so yeah exactly if you get to like four or five shows you just feel like you're being greedy i mean share you know so it was that was one of the items that uh, Steve would, didn't like. He didn't like well, yes, the exclusivity I have no of everything. Is pointing out there's a lot of hours of production behind the scenes, but I'm betting he doesn't do it, and somebody else is getting paid for that, not out of his salary. Well, no, it is coming out of his salary um, because uh, so that's one of all the, things, the production comes out of his. Yeah, because he wants that. Because he wants that level of control. Got it. Okay. Normally, for all the other people they do, like uh, obviously Ben, but also like Jordan Peterson is on their deal. Um, you know, they don't want to have anything to do with production. They just want to show up, be talent, and leave. I'd love it. Kind of like me. Uh-huh. Right. Right? That's all I do here. I just, I'm talent. I show up, I do the show, and I leave. I do the same thing, except I press. I know. I would, I would sometimes occasionally wish you would do a little more production, but you know whatever hey i render i make your voice sound as buttery as it can my voice is super smooth and buttery all the time well we'll start doing shows at midnight and see oh no 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 that's not how that works no i get to pick the time man that's how it works anyway um a little morning glory that's right so crowder is bitching about that he's bitching about the exclusivity stuff he's bitching about how he doesn't like that whatever content is created during these four years is going to stay with them and that revert to him. Oh, so he wants the copyright and control of everything wants, as well. He, well, of course, because he's a prima donna. And well, then uh, you run your own damn company. Exactly. And this is the other thing that Jeremy pointed out, which I think is very telling. He said, you know, Steam Crowder is super, 
you know, he's very popular. He had like, uh, how many, he had, uh, it was something insane. It was like, he had 200 and some thousand people watching his live stream during the election, like way more than any TV channel. Oh yeah. He's by far, I think he eclipsed back at the blaze as far as popularity. Totally. Totally. And, uh, but he said, Jeremy said that you got to remember, Steven's never done this before. He, he has had three different companies that he has essentially worked for slash with. And I can't remember the first two. The, the third one was uh, Glenn Beck's outfit, the blaze. And now that he's left the blaze, he was looking for a Joe Rogan size payout. And so he has no idea about what it actually takes to do this and the costs that, um, that, uh, are spent on his behalf, the marketing costs, the production costs, post whatever production they do. Uh, there's there, it's a machine, right? It's not just a, um, it's not just uh, we get his tape, we hit the play button and make money. And, and so he's always had just like, and this is part of the reason I, I don't like his current show format. Like it's really annoying to me. I, I probably have the same feeling towards it as you do towards Tim Cast. I, I can't watch a bunch of idiots sitting around. Right. It's just not my thing. And, I mean, there may uh, be some good information coming out, but you just don't but like it takes the way it's two hours to get 10 minutes of good information. Yeah. Now, again, I totally have the opposite reaction to his on location stuff. When I watch those videos of him, you know, feminism is uh, fascism. Prove me wrong type videos. Those are great. He does a very good job of those. He's got all the binders. He's prepared. He doesn't attack the college students. He does a good job of, uh, you know, being nice to them, essentially. So those videos are awesome, but those require work. You got to you gotta leave your house. You got to go somewhere else, like usually to a different city where they don't know you, <laughs> where they haven't put a, uh, you're banned from campus. Right. Uh, you know, no trespassing for you kind of thing. And... Um, and so he doesn't do those now that he's married with kids. So not like he used to anyway. Um, and, you know, people that have left his show, like Jared. Um, or is that the guy's name? I can't remember the guy's name, but a uh, guy, uh, guy. I could not tell you. Yeah, I know. What are the guys left his show? I check out like, all of this their media. contract. They can't compete with them. They've got, you know, he's got his own contracts for his people. They're not getting paid anywhere near what he's getting paid, but he's acting like a prima donna when it comes to, well, I deserve more. I deserve better. What's well, like, dude, then do your own thing. Yes. They, they literally said, we can't afford you at the higher price. Good luck. Well, right. Because you're pricing yourself go. out. If you're looking for a contract yeah. like that, you're telling yourself well, and the rest of the world that you don't think you could do this on your right. own. So you're going to somebody else to get the bigger bucks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, and and then the the simps for him right away are like ah this is a, this is a, not even that close to a real offer. Steven Crowder is bringing three thousand or three hundred thousand Mug Club subscribers with him when he joins. So he and that that's you know ten bucks a month, so one hundred twenty bucks times three hundred thousand. You know, do the math on that. It was 
So there's, he's got 300,000 subscribers, he said. So he's basically got 36 million, allegedly, 36 million in donations coming in. From the mug club, right. From the mug club, yeah. And, uh, and I'm going to call bullshit on that. Wait, if um, you said 300,000, okay, right. Then it is 120 bucks if it's 10 bucks mm-hmm. a month. Uh-huh. So 36 million, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, right. Now, granted, is that being processed by somebody that's charging him 10%. So you bring that down. It a doesn't little bit. matter. He doesn't have anywhere near that. I guarantee no. you. And I'm looking he here. He doesn't at just know a, a random how much he has YouTube, uh, you know, that everybody that tells you what the YouTube channels are. His YouTube channel has four and a half million subscribers mm-hmm. with a daily ad revenue of anywhere between 400 to 3,500 a day. Nothing. Which is, I mean, granted, I think his and YouTube actually, channel that's, is that, castrated. That is literally wrong because he is demonetized. He's permanently demonetized. So those numbers don't even mean anything. But if you're just he, he you know, zero ad revenue from YouTube. Well, they're again, what I'm what they don't care if the channel's been demonetized or not. They're guessing that something similar to this. This is the yeah. av- daily av- ad revenue that you can make. Right. Which still is it nowhere near his. If you want no. one hundred and seventy no, no, six thousand no, no. per show. And you can make yeah. a daily ad revenue of about 3,600. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not even but, close. But I think that his point is like, I'm bringing in millions of subscribers with me that are sending money right now. The idea would be, were he to move over to Daily Wire, is to then just tell all your subscribers that instead of subscribing to Mug Club, you subscribe right. to Daily Wire Plus for the same of 10 bucks a month. And now you not only get me, but you also get. Ben and everybody else, Candace, everybody else in that channel. The real and question is what is going to happen to the subscriber base at the blaze? Well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The blaze is definitely going to lose uh, audience here, but, but how I much think, is the question? Yeah, I, uh, I don't think they're going to lose 300,000 people, right. but yeah, but this They'll is how it all adds up some. because you're kind of like, this is where, the concept that our buddy Adam Curry has said for years, you can't monetize the network. This is basically kind of a further proof of that, which is well, the concept I, that one guy coming in is going to bring everybody over. It's like, no. And I don't like doing that kind of stuff. If I don't like, I like the system that Bill O'Reilly uses, which you pay him his money for yeah, your, O'Reilly, this because O'Reilly's not on the network either. Right. But it's you you're paying the money and you're getting his content. I hate so this shit the, where it's like you pay yeah. the blaze. I want Glenn Beck, but I, I feel like whatever right. I'm paying to the blaze, yeah. I'm like, shit, I'm giving money to Crowder and Ducey uh, yeah, yeah. and all these other assholes yeah. that I don't want to watch. Yeah, and I, I totally get that, but if everybody's just doing their own thing, then nobody will ever get big. Because you need synergy you need to have networks really in order to still, get big you really think that still brings yes. in people like because people were fans of glenn Beck. they found crowder because he was on their network and this yep. isn't yep. youtube where this all happens now it is youtube's network so i mean does any does the smaller networks does this really matter i'm not sure if it's I, the like the daily well, here's, wire here's the thing the daily wire is the it's growing faster than everybody else Part of the reason it's growing faster is because they've got the money to pay people. The reason they have the money to pay people is because they're really good at advertising. 
Now, it's somewhat annoying to hear five ad reads per hour. Right. But that's how they're able to pay Jordan Peterson tens of millions of dollars. Well, we come from the different universe where ad reads aren't neat. Well, I'll back that down really quickly because I would Mm -hmm. say they're not needed. But when you Uh look at what has been happening lately. Yeah. The ad reads may be needed Uh, for a show to make money. uh, Yeah. So the, the point is that they're still making money. They're still hiring people. And and they're making movies. They're doing other stuff. So they're not. I, I wouldn't necessarily say they're like the ultimate example of a perfect network by any stretch. Networks generally fall apart due to personalities. That's the, been the case for YouTube networks forever. And there have been tons of networks on YouTube where, you know, two or three or maybe even just one large YouTuber. Uh, says, you know, I've built up an infrastructure that costs hundreds of thousands or maybe even a million bucks to put together. Let's offset that cost by bringing in some smaller YouTubers into my network. And then we'll be sharing resources, including advertising, including um, like you got to hire somebody to go out and sell ads. Now, as a small YouTuber or podcaster, you can't afford to do that. No, as a big yeah, one, that makes you sense. can. Right. When you so, have such a large audience that you've, you're working with advertisers, you can yeah, then curate yeah. a new lesser known person and be like, yeah. Hey, we want yeah. some of this ad money to go I, here. I just saw a number recently here. Um, and I, I believe it's, it makes sense. Uh, it's, it's reasonable that, uh, over the, in 2022, Daily Wire spent seven and a half million dollars to advertise shows on their network now seven million is more than 99.9999 percent of youtubers make oh yeah and, and advertising uh, is, and still this is how much they're spending on ads yes so they're making more to yeah, know obviously. their shows exist yeah so they it's not like they're saying hey come work for us we'll give you half the money you make they're saying come work for us and become bigger so that your share is bigger than what you currently make alone. So you could leave also, in four years. And we go. also make a big share. <laughs> yeah. But then you can leave in four years and make even more money. Right. And that's, and they say that too, because that was his other contentions. Like if you're a young YouTuber, you're rising, you know, don't sign a contract like this. It's horrible for you. Their point is you're an idiot because that's exactly what you should be doing as a young YouTuber. You get your free notoriety and, uh, you know, like, you're on the network. No one's ever heard of you except for a handful of college kids. And then by the time you leave in four years, you're still young. You do your thing. And now you're able to wait for those multi-million dollar offers. So even if you're working essentially for, you know, a paltry salary, like 200 grand a year right now, you're still able to capitalize on that when you leave. Right. You'll pay your dues. And you see this all the time in sports where somebody comes up and they have a very small contract, especially like baseball is the one I'm most familiar with because your original contracts are next to nothing and they come out of the gate and they are super hot. So they're not making enough money all of a sudden. And that's exactly what he's rallying against. He said this model of Hollywood and sports has to go away. It has to die. This is just you know it's unethical well and for people that have already built their own audience he's right right but nobody is pressuring him to do a deal and if he truly believes that his 
donations result in 36 million a year. That means he's over 120 million already for a four-year deal and that he'd be an idiot. Let me rephrase that. He'd be a complete idiot to try and apply to be somewhere as an employee or contractor or profit sharing model when he ought to just build his own thing because he has the money. Well, unless, unless these he are things he'll fail at it. Well, or unless these two things can exist side by side, if they can coexist where you're they still, can't. Okay, no, no. That, well, anytime you join a network, that's like saying, Hey, I want to play baseball professionally. Uh, but I also want to retain the right to play baseball in the Mexican league at the same right, time. There have been baseball players. I mean, very few, but Bo Jackson played football and baseball. So you have, you extra monetize. There's that's two different sports. If you want to do, well, yeah, but like Glenn know, Beck, he's got like 14 different shows with his name. It's possible all where the it's same. like, well, I know they're all, all the same because they're all him, but you could be like, mm-hmm. well, I'm signing up for here. You'll get the Glenn Beck show, but the Glenn Beck podcast still goes on and I can still make money. Yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can, you can separate stuff like that out, but obviously that also reduces how much money you're going to get paid from either source. You would think if somebody owns all of you, but if somebody's like, Hey, payout. we only need two shows a week from you for two hours each, then you could do whatever you want with the remaining time. Yeah. Then sure. But that's not going to pay you $120 million over four years. Well, if you're Stephen Crowder, he sure thinks it might. So there are two people that we know of, maybe more that you know, two that I can think of that had uh, contracts that were that size or bigger. That's, of course, Howard Stern. Right. And um, to go to Satellite. And then Joe Rogan uh, to go to Spotify. And Crowder thinks he's in that league, clearly. Nobody's in that league anymore. I don't even think Rogan was in that league, but they paid stupid money for him. The yeah, Stern so you, thing made sense because satellite radio was really before the internet, before it was easy yeah, to do your yeah. audio on the internet. And it was, they gave him a channel of 24 seven, all his content, which was a great deal for him, which is a hell of a deal for him. Uh, and it meant no FCC fines, no anything. The problem is, at least in my mind, is it, it took away the morning guy because I didn't wake up to satellite radio. I had satellite radio in the car. Right. And so the guy I woke up to was the local guy. And then, well, why bother listening to anybody else after that? Yeah, it certainly changed because they were two totally different mediums for yeah. delivery. Yeah. So now with, with the internet, if Howard would have gone directly to internet, maybe that would have been less of an issue. He could still have been the morning guy, but that to me changed and it became kind of like, you know, raunchy drive time. Cause he definitely amped it up after leaving terrestrial radio in terms of raunchiness. There's a lot more uh, orgasms uh, happening. And I would say that a lot of people would make the case that the show became a lower quality because it, half the fun was seeing what you could get away with. Right how you could use double entendre, how you could do things. Yeah. And it was, you had a different crew as well. People listening, oh, yeah. that is. So yeah, yeah it was, it was definitely different. I think it became more of the show for the, for the, the 30, 40, 50 year old guys who remember being in college and listening to hard stern. Right. But anyway, neither here nor there. And then of course, uh, Rogan, uh, he moved in the opposite direction in terms of free speech. He went from being able to say almost anything to having a limited 
selection of things he can say, but for a lot more money. And that is so, the question. I mean, was Rogan just unable to make anywhere near that on his own? I don't, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, he took the money and ran. I get it. Yeah, you know how much it was. I don't know what he was making on his own and how much the bump mm-hmm. was to go with Spotify. I mean, Spotify money was crazy, but yeah, it was people were for a long time saying, Hey, it's a hundred million dollar deal for three years. Well, it turned out it was 200 million for uh, three years or more for, I can't remember three or four. It doesn't really even matter. Like say 50 uh, million a year. Yeah. Like 50 million a year. And that's again, that's closer to what Crowder wants, which I'm sorry. No, because Joe Rogan's appeal is mass appeal, not politics, which means people from every side love him or hate him. He's got guests on both sides. And a lot of his guests are literally apolitical. There are people talking about sports nutrition. There are people talking about yeah, drugs, right? Like, uh, like recreational drugs. He's got anything that comedians. may affect your life. He's yes. got uh, MMA stars. He's got a wide variety of people. He, he has a, a, an interesting interview style, a pretty good one. Um, I've certainly seen better interviewers, but he's pretty good. He's engaging um, and he knows when to yeah. shut up, which is hard. And he knows how to shut up. Exactly. Which most interviewers just completely don't. By the way, feel free to compliment me about my shutting up when I interviewed that 20 year old. Dude, I was, I, I right? was screaming at the uh, listening. I so I know there were some things you were like, uh, no, but that's not the point of an interview. If it wasn't, right. if you were debating him, that would be one thing, but getting exactly. his viewpoints down. And there was yeah. some stuff that was just so far, so far. And out I did there. get into a little more pushback in the second half of that show. And, um, and he started backing down a lot of these things and trying to explain his way out of them. Well, because you, um, you think you know it, but you don't know the details. No, and no, because it's not that hard to ask a question that, you know, he doesn't know. Right. And, and then all of a sudden it was like, uh, <laughs> like you're, let me show you why you're wrong. And you'll mm-hmm. maybe learn something, but I was having fun. Cause I started out at 1.25 mm-hmm. speed and I'm oh, like, Oh my God. Go. And then I went to 1.5 and I'm, then I'm like, yep. let's, let's see what 2.0 sounds like. Oh baby. There you go. Now I got you going. <laughs> I yeah, did try 3.0 for a brief time, but that was giving me, I think that was going to put me into a, an AFib because yeah, probably three is a little too fast. Yeah. 2x you could listen to most things on uh if you want to really pay attention i think one and a half is about the top yes yeah but, if you want to uh, be able to actually absorb what's like being said for audiobooks if it's a just a funny comedic audiobook i'll usually play the 2x if i'm like really trying to follow the characters i'll play it at one and a half x rarely do i play anything over 2x but also rarely do i ever listen to anything at quote-unquote normal speed right but with the Crowder thing, the thing I don't understand is once you've reached that certain level, and I was shocked, uh-huh. I tell you, when Taylor Swift, everybody knows I love a little T-Swizzle. And you love a lot of her. Yeah, well, there's a lot to love. When she left oh, lately. her record label deal. Oh, yeah. That I remember that. Rather than starting her own label, mm-hmm. she went with Universal with another huge conglomerate, which I still... Mm-hmm don't necessarily understand it's like when you are at the top of the music game and i think she is either the top artist selling right now or at the very least within the top five 
up, please. Rap is outselling every other kind of music by 10 to 1 right now. I don't know about that. Again, streaming has totally changed the whole model and where mm-hmm. money is coming from. I don't believe that rap is outselling. I mean, there may be more people listening, but I don't necessarily believe it's outselling. Mm. There was a, I mean, the and again, this doesn't seem that crazy when you think about the fact that vinyl is a different concept, but it vinyl for the last couple of years has outsold CDs. So CDs are finally dying. That, yeah. That like, who the hell buys CDs? I haven't bought a CD in 20 years. I've bought the uh, Taylor Swift ones, but just uh, I, I don't haven't even opened them because I end up downloading them in flack. And then, uh, mm-hmm. but she released a few, uh, at least four or five different vinyl variations of her last album. Mm-hmm. And last year, one, out of every 25. So, and again, 4% doesn't seem that crazy, but 4% of all vinyl sold last year was hers. When you realize how many so, artists are selling vinyl, that is kind of impressive. I've got the stats. Um, right now, paid subscriptions represents 80% of the music industry market in the US, which is crazy when you think about that. Because uh, I'm still not sure how they separate all of that. The last stats I remember hearing are, you know, mm-hmm. you get like one one thousandth of a penny for every streaming song that an artist, you know, so if you get a thousand streams, yeah. you get a penny. Uh, well, you get you do on, on YouTube, you do. Uh, I mean, they add up to be fair, but three thousand six hundred impressions for a buck. So it's like that's not great money. No, podcasting pays more, which is sad. But YouTube has the volume. It does. But I'm not sure why Taylor Swift decided to go with another conglomerate. You would think knowing what percentage. And to be fair, we all know what we're talking about contracts with Steven Crowder. Yeah. Taylor yeah. Swift didn't get the uh, generic contract. She was probably no, the no, one no. that drew up the contract and well, gave and it I to them. She was probably well, given that her dad's a lawyer. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that she was in, smart enough on like Crowder to hand off negotiations and not get emotionally involved. Right. And just know that the people working for her are going to get her the best possible deal. Yes. And you know, it's kind of like being Aaron judge, you know, the superstar in baseball right now. I don't know who that is. He's the guy that broke the home run record last year. It was big news. Mm. You know, when the ball that you hit the record tying home run sells for over a million bucks, you know, that your contract's going to be, uh, going to be pretty big right and he just again didn't let emotion because he was he's a yankee player they ended up coming in with the highest offer mm-hmm. but other people came in with a lot of money mm-hmm. and you're right you and have to take the emotion out of it yeah and, you gotta you can't get emotional about this stuff and then and when you so are this, number one i don't know where steven crowder comes on this list uh well he yeah i mean the only thing that i know for a fact he was number one on he's had the biggest audience during the elections live streaming that i do know and it's like, what are you else. bringing into the company that's gonna pay you right how and and so and there's look there's nothing wrong with thinking you're undervalued and going off and doing your own thing god knows i did that when i was in my 20s you're still working doing for it. a consulting company well i'm doing it now because i'm unhirable but <laughs> back then you know i was that's working a for a title. consulting company unhirable yeah, yeah. Un- the unrelenting episode on unhirable but i was working for a consulting firm and i i was like i'm doing the math in my head i know how much i'm charging clients i know how much i'm getting paid and they're getting like two-thirds i'm getting a third 
I'm like, well, this is bullshit. This is a screw and a half. So what am I going to do? I'm going to leave them, start my own business and go off and get my own clients. And, and And most people undervalue themselves. Yes. Well, uh, or over, I would say. Well, one or the other. what, What you realize is that this sounds great in principle, but, but that two thirds that they were taking, which was excessive for sure. But it's not like that money was just going in as profit. Like they were paying a sales guy to sell me, right? They were paying administrative people to do all the books and track all the expenses, and all the crap. And to keep reminding me, cause I was perpetually late on getting expense reports in. Like there are other people that were getting paid off the money that I was billing because if they weren't around, I probably wouldn't be working for the whole year. I'd be working for a month a year. Right. So it's, you, you have to remember that the, the person that you think is the bad guy, uh, rarely is the bad guy. He's usually the slightly worse guy. So let me finish the story up. So this all happens. Jeremy's video drops and refutes pretty much everything. As far as I'm concerned, the Crowder is doing and points out a few things like, Crowder has always worked for somebody. He doesn't understand what it takes to run a company. Uh, and it, it, it said 50 million, which, um, you know, they said, look, this is, this was our initial proposal. We were open to negotiation if you wanted to push up, but he didn't bother wanting to negotiate. He just said, this is insulting to me. Come back with something when you're serious. So they came back with basically, yeah. Uh, we're not going to do this. They're like, no, thank you. And then that pissed him off further because clearly nobody came back to him with an offer that was acceptable to him. And so that came out. Uh, and it just so happens that Candace Owens, who works for the blaze was scheduled to be on Tim pool yesterday. And so Candace has a mouth on her and boy, was she opinionated. Uh, and she just, called out that big old white boy. Like there's, uh, you know, like, uh, there's no tomorrow here. She was saying that effectively he was pointing out at how stupid all the other people working for daily wire were for taking such horrible offers, even though they were all for much less money than what, what he was asking for. Uh, and, um, you know, essentially just painting everything associated with daily wire with a, a very negative brush. So she called out a few other things about him and she said, yeah, I know a lot more about him and how he treats his employees. And, uh, so that there's more drama developing and now Crowder's supposed to be on Tim pool's show, uh, tomorrow or the day, no Monday. He's supposed to be on Tim Pool show on Monday. And now the bets are starting to come in on whether he's going to be there or not. If he's going to cancel. Nice. Because he can't handle the heat because he has definitely brought a lot of heat on himself at this point. He's got multiple people. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Jordan Peterson weighs in on this and <laughs> points out to about what, what a, um, uh, what do you call it? A, uh, goddamn, what's the word? The, the, you know, personally thinks they're the best, uh, not oh, a narcissist, narcissist. Yeah. Start talking about what are the traits of a narcissistic <laughs> complex? 
well, and then using Crowder as an example. Well, what I can so say, I, uh, I think he's definitely generating a lot of buzz, at least to the people that are inside politics. And normal people don't give a shit. All press is good press. Yeah, but maybe I think he's also burning some bridges. Well, I don't I don't see the next big company wanting to have a prima donna like him working for them. It's hard to find. He's going to leave no choice but to just do it himself, which is maybe where he should have been. But it's hard to find somebody that is a better debater right now than Candace Owen. She is vicious. Uh, she's not, I don't, I don't think she's a very good debater. I think she's too emotional to be a good debater. Well, but this um, is what the, and the I say that wants. as somebody who is a master debater, but, uh, <laughs> because they want the emotional, that's how you get people on your side is using emotion. So that's how you do it. But I was looking at the uh, wiki page here on mm-hmm. Crowder. I didn't know he started at age 12 as a voice actor yeah. playing Ellen, the brain powers on the yes. children's show. Arthur, my nephew watched that Absolutely. all the time. He was, on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, no, he's an actor. He's a he. But this is, I think, part of why he's so pissed off is because his whole life, from twelve to forty-five or whatever the hell he is right now, he's always been under contract. That would make sense. And, and somebody's always owned everything he's done and then paid him for it, rather than him owning his own stuff. So it and was so, Fox News and then Breitbart, and mm-hmm. then he wound up with Beck. Yeah. And uh, in fact, the way that the, uh, that Jeremy described it is, uh, he's always had a billionaire owned company that he's worked for. And I think he's just used to having that unlimited budget that you could go cry to daddy for and say, oh, but look at all the stuff I'm doing. I really deserve more. It's, it's an actor attitude. And ironically, uh, maybe not so ironically, this is what, what, uh, like Crowder is acting like the typical prima donna talent, but he's also trying to act, uh, say that we need to stop doing contracts like everyone's an actor. I, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of baggage he's carrying with this. A lot of baggage. Well, this I've heard this with people following sports for the longest time is, hey, you know what? You should get paid based on how you do each year, not sign the big mm-hmm. contracts. But that's just not how you, it works. Because well, nobody and, would sign up for that, meaning, well, if I break my legs uh, two weeks into the season, sliding into home, well, then I get zero. Right. So and that's exactly right. But that's uh, so. So the, the example that Jeremy used was when Crowder didn't like some of these clauses is Jeremy said, so if if you do your show and we sell ads on it and we make two dollars. uh." you get a dollar and we get a dollar. And if all of a sudden you get a ban on YouTube and make zero and we can't sell ads. If you're not on YouTube, then the way their, their contracts written is uh, the payout to him would go down by 50%. So then he gets, you know, in that because scenario, they're, that's where they're making a lot of their cents. money is by posting the content on YouTube. Well, at, at all sorts. I mean, it's everything. Spotify, YouTube, you name it. They're, they're in charge of all the advertising in all platforms. And so if he can't do something on YouTube, then his, his payout gets reduced. But after a 90-day kick-in clause. So, like, if he gets banned for a week, there's no, it doesn't affect his salary at all. If he gets banned for a month, it doesn't even affect his salary. He'd have to be long-term banned or perma-banned. Oh, you'd love a good perma banning. Well, I'm, you know, 
I, I was banned on all the platforms. Nobody likes me. Including no agenda chat. So, the troll room. Yeah, that's what you refer to it as. Um, <laughs> but uh, on there, uh, he his answer was like, well, no, you should take the whole loss. So I should get, keep getting paid the same salary no matter what. And then, cause you're the one that should be taking the risk. Right. I'm going to say something that's going to get me banned, but it should uh-huh. cost you money, not me. Uh-huh. And it, well, yeah, more importantly, I'll say something that gets me banned, but I shouldn't have any effect. On, like there should be zero impact to me because of that, which obviously Jeremy thought was ridiculous, which it is. Oh yeah. And our only and, executive producer. And then producer, when Tim was watching it, he's like, well, hold up. Well, he's still going to get half a salary, though. Hold on. Why? If, it, if I was writing the contract, you wouldn't get anything. Right. So, so Tim is very much seeing the light, uh, which is good. Because the one thing that I've noticed in all these big YouTubers, and by big, I mean over a million subs per YouTube channel that are talking about this topic. Almost all of them don't know dick about business. Right. Like they're, they've, they figured out how to get an audience. That's their skill. That's what they know how to do now is get an audience. They, some of them might even know how to maintain an audience, but what they all aren't good at, Tim included, is business. Now, Tim is learning business because he wants to be the CEO and the face of the company. He doesn't have a professional CEO working for him. Um, Ben does have a professional CEO and that's Jeremy. And, uh, you know, Tim is at least intelligent enough to recognize and admit that there's a ton of stuff that Jeremy knows how to do in business that Tim's going to make mistakes on before he learns. But a lot of these people just don't see that. They don't understand. They're like, you know, they're, they're big dogs in terms of conservative political, uh, media, but, they they have tiny companies right like tim pool right now his company makes 10 million a year and that kind of came out and that's the other beauty of this we saw the contract we saw the offer and then everybody else starts talking about what they're making so now we're finding out all kinds of things that right. no one's ever shared including like everyone's always guessed well how much is tim making is he making 25 million a year is he making 5 million a year well now he's basically said he's making just under 10 million Right, which has always been the beauty of the value for value model on no agenda, which is anything that was over a $50 donation was disclosed right there on the show. Yeah, so people started doing math back about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I'm sure you remember this. And then started saying, well, this is bullshit. We just realized that all these $50 donations are adding up to Adam, you know, getting the shit ton of money right you got too much money now and he's begging for money and it's like people started getting pissed off or at least a subsection of them right i don't know how many but i remember this and i remember adam being very unhappy about it when i was talking to him uh that you got this whole group that were fans supposedly right that once they did the math and to how much money is coming in which is not that hard to do if you're listening publicly um they all got, they completely turned and got super pissed off because they, they were like, well, this is like a a rich dude begging for money. This is, this is bullshit because they were seeing him. I think this is something that a lot of people do, especially if you're good at your job uh, is they see you as their buddy, as their neighbor, as the guy that's in the same exact situation as you. 
uh, no entertainer is in that situation. No. Nobody. And, and the people you're listening to right now are way less fortunate than you. That's oh, the yeah. problem. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm super poor. Yeah. I haven't worked for ages. You know, it's like I, people don't realize how, uh, how little actual talent it takes to record a podcast. Maybe they do. Well, and people um, don't realize on the other side of that, that there is time and effort put into shows like no agenda. This show, we're very clear. This is you and I, like if we were going to just call each other on the phone every Friday morning and talk for yeah. a couple hours, that's what this would be. Well, and then sometimes we do that because, you know, you, you have a hard AFib and then we end up just talking on the phone and don't record a show. And that's usually the best content ever. But, uh, you know, no agenda. They actually do research they gather clips from a variety of places so you have to yeah, listen the to clip, the clips you have to know there's there is show there's prep. work that absolutely there's work to be done although to be fair a good chunk of that happens with submissions so i think in the early days they had to do a lot more actual looking like, for like adam listened to you know five hours of c-span every single day to get the clips for the show now i think it's more like you get you know, a whole bunch, however many clips. And then he has to listen through the clips that were sent in to see which one it is of those, great when if you any have people of them are usable. Like Neil Jones, the clip custodian sending in yeah. a lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, all that stuff helps, but it doesn't completely remove the time. It's no. not like Adam works for six hours a week. No, he works way like, more than that. Yeah. And he's the hardest working podcaster. No, out there. And this is, this is part of the, the problem with trying to schedule time to go out and spend the day together or something. It's like, well, it's be- between shows and he's got to have, you know, time to do the work. He literally, uh, if you look at all the shows he does and the fact that for a good chunk of those, not all of them, but a good chunk of them, he's also the producer and he's the one he's, recording he's, it and he's the one uploading. Well, that's what it I mean. And- that's literally literally what i mean so that it's a full-time job i mean he does work 40 hours a week now he's can be a little bit more flexible and those hours aren't necessarily happening nine to five but this is not like a part-time little hobby thing no so i anyway so what is the amount i'm curious with the average person what is the amount that all of a sudden the show you're listening to you go from hey i i really like these guys i want to donate what is the amount where you're like well fuck those guys are making way too much i'm not giving them money i think it's about double of that person's salary so it's different for everybody but i think it's right around double so So if if let's say you're making a hundred grand you're making a hundred grand you're you know, reasonably comfortable in today's environment, although you can't afford to buy eggs because eggs are like five bucks an egg now. I know, but it's, it's sad. It's like eight bucks for two dozen here. It's so ridiculous. Eggs were for the majority of my life. Eggs were under 25 cents per yeah. dozen. Cheap, good way to get protein. Mm-hmm. You can cook yep. them in a variety of different exciting ways. Absolutely. Make mayonnaise on them. True. Uh, with, uh, with your homemade vinegar made from John's book. <laughs> still waiting on that one uh-huh uh oh didn't you get a copy of it uh, an autograph copy oh no was i supposed well, to have to get on that list uh, I the guess. vinegar list the vinegar book list uh but yeah it's i think it's probably right around 2x and then you you're you got somebody that you know you're supporting on youtube or podcast or something else and you like what they're doing and then when you realize that 
Like they're getting 200 grand sitting around playing video games on Twitch and you're you're getting a hundred grand working 40 hours a week in an office and watching them for a few hours a day. You're like, well, fuck. they already have a much easier life than you because they're doing something you enjoy doing because you're watching them. Right. So yeah, I'm going to just cancel that donation. I think. So I think it's a, um, it's a, it's an interesting question. I'm, I'm guessing it's about two X. Um, I think most people are fine with somebody making a little bit more than them, but I think a lot of people would be prone to now. Okay. There is a subset of people, not a majority by any stretch that enjoy what's referred to as FinDom financial domination. And this includes everybody from guys that spend half or more of their salary on OnlyFans to Democrats who spend all of our money on Ukraine. Uh, one of the funniest cartoons that I saw and I reposted it on, on the social recently was uh, a, a character standing holding up a Ukrainian flag and then across from him were characters standing with like the, uh, the gay flag, the, you know, the, the rainbow flag, uh, the, uh, trans flag. And, and then there's one other flag. I can't remember what it was. And then they ask him, you know, they're like, Oh, I'm trans. And, and this one's like, I'm, I'm gay. And then what are you? And, and the Ukrainian holding flag character says, Oh, I'm, I'm Findam. I'm, I'm uh, doing the same thing as mistresses do to their clients to the U.S., which is making the U.S. spend its money for no apparent reason uh, other than, I guess, attraction. I don't know. Because you want that money. Well, yeah, you want that money. But the way that it works is your ideal pairing is somebody that knows how to act dominant to get money from somebody who enjoys being dominated. True. And that's the situation we find ourselves with in the United States, which most people would think would be the dominant one, but they would be wrong. And it's the same thing for the actual, not television mistresses out there. Like the, the majority of the, of the men that want to be dominated are making very good money over 200 grand a year typically and they are in positions where they are managing you know tens or hundreds of people or their company owners you know in small businesses or whatever it's it's rare that you have an average joe with a normal job making 100 grand a year that is looking to find a dominatrix it's well, more like in that movie doesn't want to pay for billions. One. Well, that could be a part of it. But again, that's the kind of the whole point of like, unlike women that are masochists that are looking for male uh, masters, um, the men looking for female mistresses typically are going to be providing those with lots and lots of their money. The, the, the women looking to get dominated are not going to be providing their salaries right. uh, to their masters. That's not a, I mean, uh, there might be some percentage of them that do, but I highly doubt it. It's not a typical scenario. The domination from uh, females dominating males is 
very often or at least includes as a part of that domination financial domination which is your money is now my money and i will dole out to you the money that i allow you to spend whereas the rest of that money i'm in charge of to take um so it's a it's a different type of experience and that makes sense because historically men were the ones providing the money and women are the ones providing the sex but it is an interesting thing going back to like the podcasting, which is, do I want to support the show? Because I think they're too popular. And you look at somebody like Taylor right. Swift, it's like, well, people just keep putting money into the merchandise oh. and buying the music. Yeah. You're like, well, you know, she's a multimillionaire closing in probably on a billionaire when it comes mm-hmm. down to it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why, if you enjoy the, sh- you know, it comes down to, I guess maybe knowing that if I stop paying, they're still going to be making enough money to do the show and I'll still get the show. But well, I, I think the value for value little saying is a good, it's, it's very accurate because the difference between, and because remember Adam always said, you know, don't ever call it tips or right. uh, don't go tip jar because tips is something that you do because it's customary to some extent and because uh, you you know that without the tips, the person's making less than minimum wage. Which podcasters Which literally are podcasters making zero. Are. Yeah, most podcasters are. But not all podcasters and certainly the No Agenda podcast is not making minimum wage. And so if you just say, well, tip us, well, I think a lot more people will be of the mindset that's like, well, no, you already are, you know, the, all the other tables tipped you very well. So I'm, I don't need to tip you. Uh, or I'm not going to tip you a whole lot because you don't look like you really need the money. Right. But when you say value for value, what you're saying is it's more like shareware. You remember shareware software back from the day? Yes, you can it use exists. it. I'm sure it does in some aspect. Mm-hmm. Use it as much as you want every now and then. It reminds you that there's real mm-hmm. life people writing the software. Yep. That could use some money to keep writing the software. Yeah. And it's, it, it occasionally will prompt you for a donation, but that's about it. And then if it's something you genuinely use, you, you should start getting a little guilty right. about using it for free. And you probably should send them some money. See, but they and, go to, well, there's a lot of people that are doing the same kind of shows on YouTube who just get paid by advertising. So I don't have yeah. to pay at all. I'll just go watch them. It, exactly. Exactly. Or be like, the guy that did the math like me and say, okay, it's 12 bucks a month for YouTube and and no ads at all. And I get that saves me about 20% of time. Yes. Because I'm not watching ads and, uh, that's way cheaper than it would be if I was actually, you know, subscribed to each of these shows directly. So paying for YouTube actually makes a lot of sense. Although I heard they're raising their prices. I don't know. I have to do some digging. Those bastards guy I talked to said they're going to raise their prices quite a bit. Well, it'll be a question of whether they grandfather you in at the 12 bucks or whatever it is yeah, for how long. Maybe. We'll see. You could pay them up front. <clears throat> but it makes pay for sense. a year of advertising free experience. Yeah. Uh-huh. And even if you watch uh, just a few YouTube videos like me, uh, it's worth yeah, the 12 bucks. Probably, yeah. I, I mean, don't know if it would be worth 20 bucks. Uh, although the I question probably, is, would they make more money off of me if they could show me ads? And I would say no, because I would Probably. stop watching most. Well, maybe. And as other people have pointed out yeah. in the troll room before, you can go to uh, GitHub or where, wherever it is for the various YouTube downloaders and then just download the video and yeah, watch if them. If you want to work, 
instead of watch, then right. yes, by all means, install software well, can, that makes you work. You could automate that to where it's grab the link and just grab it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's one button. That's how there's a. Yeah, it still work. I have that installed. I, for, I, I will work. download videos occasionally. It's still fucking work. You have an interesting view on what is work and what is not. One extra no, click you know of the what mouse not is work. work. Is? is doing nothing that's yeah. called not work when what? you have to do something then you better be getting paid for it you see why i have a problem working with talent like gene it's like you, you want s- me to click the mouse are you serious you want me to click the goddamn mouse uh-huh. i don't have for time for that me? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. time for this mm-hmm. no i and don't you see why both of us don't have jobs right yes now. <laughs> <laughs> we would we would we always ace the interviews coming in uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. What kind of a work ethic would you say you have, Mr. Neftuliev? Uh, I don't like to work. <laughs> I mean, I'm honest. Yes. So I guess you're like the plus. guy in, in office space. I'm totally like the guy in office space. Just not the guy you're thinking of. <laughs> well, you think you're the Lumberg. You're the boss, right? No, 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 not at all. No, you're not the hero. I'm, I'm a Bob. A Bob. Who was Bob? The two Bobs. The two Bobs. Oh, they came in to do the interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's literally what I've done for like 30 years. So you've been scamming people thinking that you know what you're doing for 30 I years. I do know what I'm doing. Gene is Milton, says Pfeiffer. <laughs> Milton was the best <laughs> no. character. Where's my He was Stapler? a great character. And that yeah. guy lost a lot of weight. He really now? Because he was great in news radio. Oh, Jimmy James. No, he's, he's lost. He, lo- he looks like he's about 170 pounds. Nice. Yeah. Hope he's so healthy. For him. Yeah. But since you brought hey. up the uh, the pride thing, what do you think of the Russian uh, Ivan Provorov of the Philadelphia Flyers not wanting to dare go out and skate during the gay pride thing? Did you see this story? I did not see this story. Fill me in. Yeah, well, the Philadelphia Flyers had a gay pride night. And as part of that, they wore special jerseys. Just Why with, would they have a gay pride night? I don't know. Is there a lot of gay people on their team? I don't think so. Because they okay. want to be inclusive. This is all these teams do it. I think everybody in Major League Baseball, this I, I think believe was up to last year. I don't know if they ever did one. The only team hmm. in Major League Baseball to not have done any kind of gay pride night was the Texas Rangers. And God bless them. Because, you know, the only thing in Texas is Spurs and Steers. <laughs> That's right. So you would think yeah. if the Steers must be showing up then <laughs> for the ball games. Uh-huh. But it's like I don't know why you want to bring this into why? anything. How many gay people play hockey? I don't know. How many gay people do and that's not really <sighs> the point. It's like when you start having special nights for any one little group, then you have yeah. to have it. You should have straight fucking night then too. That yeah, it's should just be stupid. It's just stupid. Yes. Like, it's pandering. It is pandering and I'd love to see in the contract for these athletes where it says you must participate in all special interest uniform events, or we're going to dock you. Well, they backed him for not doing it. The team is okay, but of course it was the, the rest of the universe, people on Twitter mm-hmm. coming out with some very hateful comments, but being a Russian Orthodox religion person, he said that he would just rather not wear that Jersey. And it was yep. only worn for the pre skate warmups. I guess they had, special jerseys and the sticks were wrapped with like rainbow tape or something. And he was like, eh, my, that's just stupid. Yeah, I would agree. But he's like, my I have no beliefs. problem with somebody who is gay 
wanting no. to wrap their stick with rainbow tape. Who gives a shit? I don't care. Yes, it's we but have to you, make the whole can't team force other people to do shit like that. That's just stupid. Yeah. Well, because that, again, the whole thing about being whatever you want to be is freedom of expression. And yeah, you're like, like, well, we want to be free to express that we're gay, but so we're going to force you all to be gay. Yes, we were going to force you to support us. I mean, that is the ultimate sort of end game here. Yes. Oh, it totally is. Is that if you aren't having gay sex, well, you're clearly homophobic, a homophobic. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you are not actively participating, you if are you, a hater. Yeah, it's 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 the whole thing with the the trans women saying oh the the uh the anti-trans uh you know homophobic people out there men out there aren't willing to date me just because i'm not you know because i'm a trans woman right and it's like uh yeah they're not willing to suck cock yeah that's that's probably true surprise shocker <laughs> they're not gay you you want to you want you want to date guys when you're dressed as a woman maybe go to a gay bar but this is the hilarity of this stuff. Oh, the which gay is, guys don't really want to have somebody who's dressed as a woman. The people that have spent the most Ugh. time fighting for their ability to live their life the way they want to, then quickly come down on anybody who doesn't support them. It's like, do you not oh, see yeah. the hypocrisy yeah. there? They do not. And it's like the guy wasn't trying to stop gay pride night. He didn't make comments saying he thought gay pride night was bad or he didn't make any statements that he didn't like gay folk he just said my religious beliefs prevent me from taking part in this particular event and of and course that's have to anyway religion right. aside he shouldn't have to no but especially with religion there is a war on religion and of course the assholes on youtube the usual liberal types ah, don't hide behind religion it's like fuck you People have different beliefs than you, and it's not well, hiding I, I behind agree something. With some, to some extent, with that sentiment, this is why I said it. It it doesn't like shouldn't have anything to do. He just doesn't shouldn't have to do well, it. Period. That's his view because of that. He shouldn't have to give a reason why. Either. He shouldn't that have is, to give a reason. Exactly. That's the point. You know, yeah. it shouldn't be like, well, because of my religion, but otherwise they're just going to be like, well, yeah. then you're homophobic. Oh, I would I would love to have gay sex, other than the fact that my religion forbids it. Right. So uh, I, I would love to be a part of what you got going on. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Now, uh-huh. as as often happens in cases like this, mm-hmm. and, and I have no idea. I didn't look up the stats of Mr. Ivan Provorov and how mm-hmm. good of a player he is or not with the Philadelphia Flyers. But immediately after this story broke on uh, the NHL website, the Flyers website, everywhere you could buy jerseys, his mm-hmm. jersey sold out. Yeah, the number nines. Yeah, so there's a lot of people yeah. all of a sudden who are buying Ivan Provorov jerseys. Who's never heard of him. Yeah. yeah, because they're like, I support this guy for standing mm-hmm. up and saying, I'm not going to be one of the sheeple who just goes, okay, I have to be in a gay pride event. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like, stop forcing people. You know, again, it's yeah. the, the hypocrisy it, of the. It is. It's it's the, that whole, like, forced nature of it and the shaming of people who don't want to participate in what is a, a very small minority activity. Yes. The memes went immediately to the Seinfeld episode where Kramer would not wear the ribbon for the AIDS walk. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, it. What's wrong with that? You know, it's exactly it. Well, Kramer got his ass kicked by doing an AIDS walk because he wouldn't wear the ribbon. So not going out and skating was paramount to, I guess, 
you know, I won't mm-hmm. wear your ribbon. But it's, people are just such small-minded douchebags. Can I have one co-host that doesn't use the that voice? Which voice? The one you just did. I did a voice. Yeah. What was it? I don't even remember now. I uh, did a very angry voice. Oh, I'm very mad. Was that yeah. like CSB mixed with uh-huh, something? Uh-huh. Yeah, like both of you guys constantly are doing that shit. Darren, why are you still doing Russian apologist website? He's bad. Mm-hmm. And I know, but that's why I do it. <laughs> I like to open myself up to different uh-huh. ideas. Uh-huh. Find out new things. How long do you think it's going to be until the the uh, the people that have been drinking the Kool-Aid here for a long time uh, finally give up the ghost and realize that I was right? When more data comes out, but people no, like how many years after the end of the war is it going to be before people realize I was right? Well, it's hard to say because confirmation bias leads a lot of people to put their head in the sand and will never Mm -hmm. admit. I mean, there's still people who won't admit that there are problems with the MRNA vaccines. And I think that's very clear. Yeah. Yeah. That's beyond, uh, I think beyond well, science, it's science. It's, right. Uh, now there's we have also, more reports saying that there are problems. I mean, to be fair, then there are other people who don't count the virus as killing anybody, which I'd also don't think is true. So there is on both sides. There well, is that's actually a technically correct statement. Scientifically, uh, the the COVID virus does not kill anyone. True. It is what it's happens generally when you, pneumonia. Right. Once you get the to the virus into your system yes mm-hmm. so that yeah. again but this that's not what they're thinking when uh, when they make the comments so there's blind spots big time yeah. on both has sides very opinionated on on uh, uh immunizations who is candace owens oh what is i didn't is i she didn't totally anti-vax or pro- completely completely anti-vax like uh, now are we no talking vax. just COVID vax got, or all vax? All vax. She's got two kids that haven't had a single vaccination. Yee. Interesting. No, I don't know about you. So she, she hey, was not one a of doctor. the people that had a adverse reaction to the uh, HPV vaccine when she was a kid. Which then and, would make uh, you afraid of your and children. So she started doing research and she's found that no vaccines actually work. And, um, just talking about polio and how everybody thinks that vaccines wiped out polio, but now there's a whole bunch of evidence that suggests otherwise that the polio is still around. A big cover up. Well, first of all, uh, that polio is still around, but more importantly, it wasn't polio that was causing the disease symptoms that were referred to as polio. It wasn't a viral problem. It was a problem with industrial chemicals in the United States that became prevalent and then disappeared right about the same time that polio was wiped out, quote unquote. Um, you can, she, she has a, uh, uh, 10 videos on this or like hours and hours of content uh, that goes through the history of vaccines and how it's all a big scam. Well, the problem with that in general, I have not obviously mm-hmm. seen any of the videos yeah but there is so much where people throw out allegedly things that come from studies or you know they say sourcing but then nobody really ever goes and double checks that 
Yeah. I mean, I could post something on Twitter today that's like, well, according to a new study by the XYZ, this is true. And most yeah. people will never go even look up if XYZ exists. Right. Yeah. That's why you always got to check if it's a joke website or a yes. real website. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. and you have to see if somebody's just trying to, uh, you know, get a rise out of people to see mm-hmm. a, uh, a social media experiment. Like, well, how many people will believe this if it's posted? Right. Right. And I love trolling people like that. So I, I always remove, well, I, not always, but often remove that something came from Babylon B. If it came from, because I, I, I love the reactions that people have thinking it's real news. No way. Yeah. That can't I mean, be true. Wait, the, are the no, ones no, that no, worry it's you? It's usually more like, oh, I've always said yeah, that's right. exactly right. Those are the ones that really, you know, that you have to mark them on a list uh-huh. to, uh, uh-huh. to, to they, they would definitely be fun at parties. Oh, and but did you see the Babylon? Well, you probably didn't because you don't follow any of this stuff. But Babylon B came out yesterday with a, a a great little video that says about Steven Crowder that says, yes, that the schmucks over at Daily Wire have the mistaken delusion that Steven Crowder is actually talking about their offer, where clearly, in fact, he's talking about our offer. <laughs> and just totally, you know putting a spin their own little Babylon B spin on the whole situation. So this is really like for people that are deep into political alternative media, this is the only story right now. No one's watching or paying attention to anything else. It's all Steven Crowder and what's going to happen, which is weird. When he's on Tim really Pool, what's cares? he going to say? Yeah, I know. But who really cares about Steven Crowder? I mean, I, mean, I don't really and that again, much, like, what's it his is audience? story. You know, what is his audience? Is it bros? It's, his story is conservative bros. I just don't buy that. It's, it's uh, basically the, the same guys. It's the kids of the guys that listen to Howard Stern. Who are the kids of the guys that listen to us? Uh, the guys that listen to us don't have kids because <laughs> they live in basements. Wow. See, now, uh-huh. I, now I understand why they don't support us because yeah, I'm just telling you that's our audience. Yeah, you, you should do some argu- uh, audience uh, marketing and uh, segmentation. Shots fired. Shots fired. Yeah. How mm-hmm. many of you have actually had sex with women? <laughs> and all of a sudden we get a lot of women responding like, well, we have. Yeah. Good luck on that. Good luck. <laughs> if you're an actual woman listening to this show, make a donation right now of at least $10. We'll know you're being honest. If you're a guy pretending to be a woman, make a donation of at least $15. Wait, we're being catfish now. And how do people still fall for catfishing? This we'll is another it. question that I'd like to delve into at some point. Hey, if there's a $15 attached to it, we'll fall for it. <laughs> well, no, we'll take your money. I'm not necessarily uh-huh. saying I'm going to fall for it, but you see these kind of stories all the time. And there was a show, I think it was on MTV long after mm-hmm. music was gone about people that have been catfished online. And it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. How? How does this happen? It happens. It happens. And um, like a good percentage of the time they think they're being in a relationship with right. like Taylor Swift or some kind of celebrity that everybody oh, knows, yeah. but it's oh, a secret yeah. relationship, but you've never seen them in right. person or right. on a video exactly. chat. <laughs> There's a, a, a Australia, no New Zealand, I think. Yeah. They're from New Zealand comedy group that I watch on YouTube, which is uh, hilarious. They do a whole bunch of different videos about um, video games, and it's they're called the the Dirt League, I think. But 
they had a video recently about catfishing and it was basically it, it was from the guy's perspective of you know he's gets comfortable gets on his phone uh selects his profile as a chick on a dating site and then uh starts to um peruse and <clears throat> to chat up somebody else and then uh turns out that he's actually uh like he's pretending to be a lesbian chick which well, i guess is man. easier for men yes pretending right? to be a lesbian <laughs> right yeah it's kind of easier but he's he's so he's like yeah so what are you wearing it's like and then he's talking to this other chick and then in the video we see their avatars of these these girls talking to each other basically it's like oh no you're you're hot no you're you're really hot you know I'm, i can't believe you're talking to me no that picture looks amazing and then after about two-thirds of the way through the video you flip over to another dude that is actually side. catfishing on, right. on the other side yes also as a lesbian so it's it's two guys that are pretending to be girls talking to who they think are girls pretending to be girls that are guys. Every time these kind of stories come up, I just hear mm-hmm. the late, great Steve Goodman singing his song. There are men who love women who love men. It's a great tune. Uh, there are women who love women every now and then. Mm-hmm. Just there, yeah, It's a great tune, but we did get a boostagram from NetNed. Mm. 8888 says i love unrecognizable with that one dude and the other guy <laughs> but then he also asked uh-huh. in the troll room uh-huh. can i live in sir gene's basement and learn the ancient art of air frying <laughs> i don't think gene has a basement but I otherwise don't. in texas we we do not it is super super rare to find a house with a basement here because the uh most of the land here is um it's not mud what do you call that stuff it's clay and clay is, it's a, sometimes a solid, sometimes a liquid, uh, which means your typical house actually just sits on a flat piece of concrete and is floating over the underlying clay right. underneath that concrete. And you hope uh, it doesn't so just If you put a basement in, unless you've got like bedrock there or something, but if you put a basement in, your walls are going to start caving in after a few years because the the ground will shift underneath you. That is no good. You do not no, want that. No. And I grew up with basements, so I I like the idea of there being a basement. Adds one more level to a house that you know, and it stays house, nice and cool in the it summer. It stays cool in the summer, which would be great here. You would think, uh-huh. um, except for the whole house crumbling on top of you. Mm-hmm. But do you have like, tree I'm, houses? Maybe you can put net net in a tree house, <laughs> something like that. Tree house, yes. You know, I like that idea. I was talking about that with, maybe it was Larry on mm. uh, on Planet Rage. I mm-hmm. saw a thing that there's, you know, Home Depot selling these mini houses for like $12,000, which, uh-huh. you know, they're just glorified sheds. But I'm like, if you have room in the backyard, that would be a great place for a little studio, for podcasting, for music, kind of a nice little uh-huh. man cave separate from the main building. And for that kind of price, you know, it, it's not that bad for what you get. Yeah, one of the guys um, in the Texas clans got one of those. See, you could put Ned Ned in one of those. Mm-hmm. If you want to live in a guy's shed in the Texas clan, that, that, that would be as close as we can get to a basement for you. Mm-hmm. But that would yep. be awesome. Which, um, uh, by the way, did you, uh, did you see that 
Well, you know, you don't really listen to my other show, but, uh, well, what, you know, you wanted me to ask me specifically to listen to the one episode, but you I didn't did, tell I me did. it was a three and a half hour episode. I was like, <laughs> I now know. that's a time <laughs> suck. No, I get it. So the, the 28 year old guy that I interviewed, so he is, uh, my, uh, my Texas clan brother. And, uh, so that was my, I did a little, little, uh, clip of that show where it just talks about me welcoming my texas clan brother to the uh, show to interview the texas clan is what the group of guys from texas in the ku klux um, clan in, in the world <laughs> in world of warships that we all play video games together the the group of people is referred to as a clan uh same thing with world of tanks i don't play world of tanks but uh they they use the nomenclature of clans in eve Online's, these are called corporations in world of warcraft these are called guilds so there's a lot of names for groups of people playing video games together but it just so happens that the world of warships one is called clans and uh so it's always kind of fun to do that little teaser and and talk about being in a texas clan it it would be Less funny, I think, if it was like the New Jersey clan. Maybe it'd be funnier, actually. Come think of it. I but think one you, clan is just like another. You think? You think so? I don't know, man. I think the Texas clan's pretty different. We do things their own way. I think the Texas clan is very different. I will give you that one. <laughs> so many choices for a cold opener. This show, let me tell you. Right, and that, that's what I I was going to use it as a cold opener opener. Then I figured, well, that involves editing, so I wasn't. I decided not to do it. If I remember to hit a mark during the recording, it makes it a lot easier to find. Ah, uh, well, too bad that uh, Clean Feed doesn't have marks. And I saw on uh, unlike Zunscaster while watching the Bandrew Says podcast. Love his mm-hmm. reviews. Love his podcast, and he covers all the social media stuff and YouTube's new terms of service. Say, oh yeah, everyone's bitching about him. Yeah. Right. If any, well, if you swear within the first eight seconds, right, you you have that video a hundred percent demonetized. Yeah, yeah. which I guess Wait. is because it's too close to the ad, so somebody doesn't want their ad right. followed immediately by profanity. Those fucking. Would you like to buy our razors? Yes, <laughs> and then especially if you start out with "I hate fucking ads," and yeah, then go yeah. into your. Uh, so one of the most creative sort of responses that, that I saw was Linus Tech Tips. I don't know if you ever seen. I, I subscribe to his channel. I do. Yeah. So did you see the, his response? No, but I'm so sure I have it on my is, Roku is though. Probably do. The so his his episode starts, and for the first eight minutes, you have the old bars and stripes of off the air television and a message that says uh stay tuned to the video show coming. will start after eight seconds right. <laughs> so now i think his plan is that every show he does there'd be bars and stripes for the first eight seconds that's going to annoy people in a whole new oh way. my god is it gonna go it's gonna annoy youtube because he's got a he's one of the larger channels he's like eight million or something this is why when people see rules they find a little way to get around them well, it's not even getting around to him. It's just these rules are stupid. So we're going to, and it's not like his show has a lot of swearing. No, he'll occasionally swear, but he's basically a lesbian. And I so, get it. I mean, the advert, it's is all advertiser based. They don't want mm-hmm. their ads too close to bad content. I mean, I'm just glad it wasn't, uh, if you swear anywhere in the show, yeah, then we're going to demonetize. Well, it. 
but now they're using automated voice to speech. Right. And if you have a, what they refer to as a very non-specific number, a excessive amount of swearing, your show will not be promoted and it's going to be automatically put on the 18 plus. Fuck, 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 fuckity fuck. Yeah. Like, uh, your this show luckily is uh, all ages show according to Apple, uh, so it has no swearing whatsoever, which is nice because that's what people want to be able to listen to is no swearing in their podcasts. The thing that was most surprising about these changes were that they no longer consider hell and damn to be profanity. I'm like, wait, yes, you, up till true. this point, you did. Well, it's hardly a profanity when it's the existence you're living in. The hell, right? This is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or nah, we'll all, we've all been damned to hell at this point. So it, this is this. Yes, this is the timeline. That's the one. It's like, what year are we living in that damn is a considered a swear word when yeah. we all know what else goes is a lot worse. I mean, I guess maybe that's the point that we're just giving, making yeah. more room for other worse profanities. I don't know. I think they could have just solved it by saying fuck is not a swear word anymore. Yeah. And I'd be like, Oh, well shit. I guess I'm not going to use that word. It makes it less cool. If you can say it, I mean, if it's not a swear word, why would you use it? Exactly. It doesn't mean anything. I don't understand, but I mean, I get it. It's all I, advertisers obviously complained. Because I don't see YouTube otherwise trying to make themselves less money. Because that's the other funny thing. And Bandrew pointed that out is, do you think YouTube made a policy that was going to demonetize a bunch of videos because then they can't run ads? So then they're not making any money on them either. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it all makes sense. The thing is, doesn't that create a loophole, though, if you don't want ads in your YouTube stream? Yes. You swear in the first you eight seconds. You just swear the first eight seconds and you know there's be no ads for the rest of the video. You will never be monetized, though. I mean, the, well, and then, see, this is the this is the question. So the first eight seconds should people be. People refer to the word monetize to mean two different things. One of them is the literal monetize, which is there will be ads or there won't be ads. The other one is a non-literal monetize, which is there will be ads, but I won't get any of that money. True. So if you have, I would assume, maybe I'm wrong, but I would assume if you have swearing in the first eight seconds, they won't, that have means they won't run ads, right? which is what I want. I want videos with no ads. That isn't like for free. Isn't that the ultimate deal? You're getting your video hosted for and free. played yes. with no advertising. For free. Yes. That's a win-win. So you just have the same. And then you ask for value for value is is a part of that video. And you do your version of the George Carlin bit in the first eight seconds of every video. Yes. Or you just do the George Carlin bit and then get a copyright strike as well. (laughs) Right. Because it's not monetized (laughs) anyway. Right. Well, who's I'm sure his estate owns that. Right. No, but I'm just saying that you're not going to make money on the video from YouTube anyway. So you may as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you long don't, as they don't your channel, remove the but, video. Yeah. Um, right. Because you're right. Because a copyright strike generally, not always, but generally just simply means a redirection of the advertising revenue. Well, you're not going to have any advertising revenue. So who gives a shit? Right. If you use the wrong song, that's what happens is any money that video was going to make now goes to the estate of Prince or whoever. Um, if you play Prince in the background. Was it eight words or ten words or? 
I'm just saying if you use seven music. Words, seven dirty words. It was George Collins, oh, yes. seven dirty words. That's what it was. 40 years ago, he did that. Only, no, more than 50, 50 fucking years ago, he did that. Yeah. Still holds up. Damn. So you You're just, old. You just start your video with, there will be no fucking ads. And be like, oh. I mean, that's just a, uh, yes. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Does it really have to be motherfucker? How? It could just be. It, it is fuck, motherfucker. Right? You can't just say mother. No, you can say mother. That's okay. Why is tits a swear word? That's not a swear word. How's tits a swear word? Maybe then it was. Wait, how's cunt a swear word? In certain areas, that's one of the worst. And piss, that's a that's not even a swear word at all. That That's literally just, you know. But you What's couldn't British say it people, on British the TV. People? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that's, different. Is this is also the problem when you're dealing with a worldwide entity is that words are used in different ways. Yeah. Within the English language, especially. Depending in Australia, where you are. cunt is definitely not a swear word because everybody uses it all the time. See? So it's and normal. In, in so in they're the UK, being the word piss means something totally different. Yeah. As drunk, does the word yeah. uh, fag. Yeah, give me a cigarette. Uh huh. Boy, this, yeah, we're definitely PG rated today. Yeah, at least <laughs> way but, more. But tits is, I, I don't understand that at all. I mean, that's, uh, it's an anatomical part description. You don't understand tits at all. Maybe I mean, that's why your wife it's, left. It's, yeah, maybe <laughs> it's, uh, maybe I guess somewhat African American type vernacular. Maybe? I don't know. Why All that, speech why should be free be speech. Banned? All speech is free speech until they put you away. That's true. But why would they want to unjustfully go after those poor Australians for saying words I that know. they don't, you know, it's like, this is, so if you're an Australian YouTuber. Yeah. I mean, again, this is where having a so you can, worldwide but you can phenomenon. Say dick I guess. Well, that was a name at the time. Dick, you know, even so think of all the actresses. But, but how about yeah. cock? cock you could say that's not a problem i guess rooster right so it was a cock there was a video i remember Although somebody was bitch made. on there bitch wasn't on there because that's a female there, dog no. so there you uh go. there was a, a video somebody made maybe it was the south park guys that that used a lot of those types of like maybe even all of these words but as part of other words to get away with that somebody made this video i can't remember who like back maybe 20 years ago well, yeah, but, like you can say Shih Tzu on TV, but you can't yeah, say like, shit. Exactly. So Shih Tzu and, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever. Other other words that include swear words that are sounds that sound like swear words as part of that word. Makes sense. So. It's how you get around them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. It's interesting stuff. Um. I don't, I understand the concept of certain words being disliked and people feeling offended by them, but I don't understand people wanting to control speech because that's, that's a mental retardation in my opinion. Well, once you start making the sounds coming out of somebody's mouth illegal, you've gone Mm -hmm. way too far down the rabbit hole. Mm Mm-hmm. When you have a society at this point that is increasingly saying they don't want to prosecute crimes, physical crimes. Right. Right. 
but they are increasingly saying we want to go after people who use hate speech. And mm-hmm. It's a very scary thing when it's yeah. like, okay, so you walking down well, the street. Well, I mean, come on, man. Haven't you heard the saying sticks and stones won't right. break my bones, but words will always kill me. I always thought it was sticks and stones. May oh, break no, my no, bones, no, no, no. You're, you're reading the wrong history. Yeah. You're reading the wrong history again. I think so. Mm-hmm. We have to redo the history. The fact that you could, you could walk down the redone. street, pick up a brick, hit somebody in the head and not be yep. prosecuted. But you can nope. talk into a microphone and say the wrong syllables and oh, oh, got to put that guy in jail job. Yep. And you're, yeah, you're fucked. This is my Absolutely. job. So, I mean, if, well, then you're really fucked. I know this is even uh-huh. worse. Yeah. What's worse than being unemployed, being unrelenting. I thought that was fun. Uh, is that two hours already? Yeah. Well, we're right up on God that damn, now, man. We're coming up on that. Like, that was the wrap up. I, I kept waiting for you to hit and we're clear. I mean, usually we go a little closer to, uh, to noon, but uh, well, I, I don't know if we should. Cause I hear Adam starting his show in four minutes. So, you know, well, that's what it said on the uh, thing now. Noon uh-huh. for uh podcasting 2.0 who, who makes the thing. What is that? What is that now? It comes out every day. The No Agenda Millennial posts the list of what's going to be he on the show. He makes that shit up. Nine out of ten times when he's listed us, it's been the wrong time. It's always the wrong time. We're like, no, this time. Oh, damn it. But he's, mm-hmm. now he has us down at the right time now at 10 a.m. And he has the podcasting 2.0. 10 a.m. at what time zone? Central. He has a little Eastern? C. He has Pacific? a little C. Okay. So that means central. All right. And then followed directly after by podcasting 2.0 with Adam yeah. and Dave. Who should I interview next, dude? Me. Would you like to be a guest on Sir Gene Speaks? I, I have been before. It's always been yeah, some of your you most have, highly like critically ago. acclaimed episodes. I think, you know, looking back at last year, my highest rated episode that didn't include a member of the Curry family uh, was. Wait, the wait, you had, you had Adam on the show? Yeah. Yeah. You knew that. You never had Adam on the show. I totally had a show that had Adam on it. You mean you had Adam's voice? cleverly edited that show was very uh, <laughs> successful it had very good ratings people are like i thought adam and uh, gene were way better friends than this yeah i know right adam's you, you would like think so two word answers to every so. question uh-huh. <laughs> i have to see when tina's meetup it was here. much better than that tina's gonna be doing a meetup here in chicago and somebody, i heard about that i yeah. don't know when it is though or you where know, it i kicked is. off her podcasting career you i know, know. That, right? i was the first show she ever appeared on but I don't know when or where this meetup is. If somebody can you let should, me know, uh, probably get your wife to drive you there. Yeah, maybe I had somebody mm-hmm. that emailed me last night that was like, come meet Tina. We ever, a lot of people want to meet you, but nobody gave mm. me a date or time or <laughs> where it is. That's great. And I'm like, this, yes. that would be important to know where it is. Cause oh, we, it was last night, <laughs> a lot of people just, you know, here's Chicago and they think it's like a small uh-huh. place. It's like, if it's on the North side of Chicago, <laughs> it could take, you know, two hours to get there from where I am. So it could take two hours in Austin to get there. Right. Yeah. So it's like, what I need to do is actually just have my own meetup and uh, kick one of those off. I, well, I don't know. You probably don't listen to uh, just two good old boys, but apparently we're going to have a meetup for that. Nice. Well, Texas, baby, you're all there. So that makes it easier. I keep saying, you know, this is going to be an interesting meetup with just the, the two hosts there, but okay. that's all it'll be. Is two, <laughs> I mean, the two hosts. My, my suspicion is it's all because it's, it's going to be in College Station. Ooh, will you have your own heads on sticks? I know, right? We should totally do that. Uh, yes. College Station, which is a town of, I don't know, 50 people. No, it's more than that. But it's, you know, it's a little podunk little town in the middle of literally nowhere. Uh, and this is where we're going to have a meetup. It's like, okay. That should be fun. 
And I figure, you yeah. know, I can have a no agenda meetup. But do, are you going to come down to it? Yeah, you're going to be the third person. Yeah, I'll be there. If you yeah. send me first class uh, okay. tickets, then I'll fly yeah. down there. Yes, yes. Keep an eye out for those, will you? But if I, yeah, I'm going to watch for those in the mail. Uh-huh. The, uh-huh. Uh, if I do a no agenda meetup here, if I schedule one, I mean, it will kind of double as a unrelenting meetup, mm-hmm. as a random thoughts meetup, as a grumpy mm-hmm. old Ben's meetup, as a planet mm-hmm. rage meetup. That's a good idea. And that way, when nobody shows up, I can blame it's a no agenda problem. Not well, that's a good point. I mean, honestly, they're, they're the ones responsible for bringing the crowd in. Right. Hey, I finally got over 2,000 uh, followers on uh, No Agenda Social. Wow. How many did you have to pay? Uh, you pay your people? I didn't know that. <laughs> no. I just thought oh. you would have to, though, to get to that kind of a number. I can't afford to pay for subscribers. <laughs> You're a poor podcaster. Damn straight. Also, the most prolific poster on noted on the social. Really? Do you have more posts than anybody else? Uh huh. Wow. People, you should tip your podcaster. Send them some. Do you have a Get Albi wallet? No, you don't. So they're. I don't know what that is. See? Just put your lightning down all my shit, man. I'm just shutting it all down. I can't afford to have all these wallets just sitting there. Shut it down. Shutting it down. And then we'll be back next week on Friday with more. Just send your cash. Exciting scintillating yeah just send your cash we have a p.o box if you really want to send your cash which though if you're sending cash i believe we do have a minimum of ten thousand in unmarked bills bullshit we'll take a ten dollar bill Yeah, yeah, fuck them. This is bullshit.